Oliver's getting through with Murnamek. Ripcord's coming down the outside. Comfort me, Ripcord. It's Ripcord. Ripcord and now Murnamek. Murnamek has got there. Oliver's got the run. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. Back 2024, season five. Big thanks to our sponsors, Top Sport and Punning Form. Without them, uh, couldn't get the show on the road. So uh, a lot of loyalty uh, and love from those guys. If you want to improve your punning, they're two operators that you can A, bet and bet good amounts with and punning form. If you want to take your form to the next level, make sure you get around punning form. I absolutely love it. John Walter, happy new year. I've, I've got this feeling after playing golf with you yesterday, it's going to be a new year for you, a new you, new positive energy. I, I felt a really good vibe yesterday from you. You're going to be up and about. No more grumpy men. No, I just give left of the flying for coolly than before. I think that's what it is. I've given up caring. Um, so, yeah, I do, yeah can, I, can I free it up even more? I, I'm going to try. Oh, here we go. How do we make it to season five, mate? Like I see Ted Lasso's only up to three and we're up to five. How's that even possible? And we have more episodes than him, I think. Started a um, started a new one last night. It's not a new one. It's called 1883. So I'm a bit a late to the party. new one that was out two years ago. Yeah, awesome. It's the well prequel done. to Yellowstone. Yeah. Have you seen Harrison it? Harrison Ford, yeah. And, uh, and is it Helen No, that's Mirror Tim or? McGraw and uh, Faith Hill and all that. Yeah, isn't that the one with 1883. Harrison? Isn't Harrison coming? Oh, I haven't got to that part yet. I'm only a couple of episodes in. I can't in, remember. I've seen it anyway. It's good. Put it on your list. Very, very good. good. They pulled out, and they oh, they couldn't um, they couldn't negotiate with Kevin Costner. And I think That's they, they bumped the other one. Yeah, I think they bumped it. I they killed it because yet. of that. Oh, don't don't spoil it for me. Well, they haven't done anything. They just didn't renew the show. A bit like this. Like oh, I guess I'm a chance of getting bumped at any stage. So as soon as I get bumped, it's all over. Nico, uh, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all that sort of stuff. Uh, 1883, put it on your watch list for uh, HH, holding hands with the Mizzo. All right. We'll do, uh, yeah, same to you boys. Uh, it's been good. Had a little bit of a break, but now we're, uh, we're back into the swing of it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully a good 2024 on the horizon. Yeah, we What's this a- joke about everyone having breaks <laughs> over Christmas when there's more racing than ever? Like, what the hell's going on with the world? What's happened to Nico? Jesus Christ. I bet Trav didn't have a break. Trying to keep up with all the form and poor old uh, Nico. I, I actually love just seeing this love affair with Tasmanian racing blossom. He's absolutely seen them like peach balls. Can I ask uh, Nico about Trav's spiky haircut with the shaved <laughs> sides with the with the, hair, the facial hair where he looked like he was about to jump on a Harley and ride off into the sunset? I like it. Yeah? I like it. We might yeah. have to get go to, get to uh, Harley Davidson and get a sponsorship there and get him on it. I reckon he'd be a great ambassador for it. Yeah, he'd probably <laughs> in your neck of the woods up there. I'm sure there's a few of them rolling around in the Gold Coast. I remember they used to. They've got they've, they've sort of run them out of town. They used to have a couple of big um, sort of conventions in, in surface a couple of times a year. It was pretty crazy. I used to duck and weave the uh, surface at those periods. I think it's a tattoo-free show now that uh, DK's uh, still on holidays. He hasn't left the poolside of uh, the Grand at the star, so I might see him tonight at uh, the Betfair function and a couple of industry people. He was so- sending me messages last night, so he was definitely up and about last night. He definitely was. I uh, <clears throat> I can't wait to see uh, the great man, but uh, I hope he's uh, back next week uh, from a little uh, freshen up and vacate with the family. But uh, Gold Coast Track is probably one of the biggest stories up here in Queensland. It is a Queensland racing show, DK tells us. But um, I thought the track's been super. They've obviously did the big Renault. They've taken their time. 
the amount of rain that we've copped and uh, oh, here in Broadbeach waters, uh, yeah, bundles being underwaters, which which is where the Gold Coast track is. You all heard about the uh, the tornadoes and all the rain they've copped uh, up in the uh, the hills. Walt had no power for four days, but um, they've done a brilliant job in terms of drainage. It's, it is paying a little bit leaderish, but had they not renovated the track, last week wouldn't have happened and would be behind the eight ball and meetings would have been pushed back. So remarkable uh, surface, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was interesting to listen to the what Navesh said too. Like he said, they basically shaved it, uh, uh, ran it through a filtering system and then you know re-cambered it and whacked it back in. So it wasn't as if it was a start from scratch job. So um, incredible considering because, yeah, like as you said, you can still see so we played golf yesterday and there's still puddles that there's lakes that shouldn't be lakes. So uh, golf courses are designed to handle that amount of water and uh, and, they're, and they're not they're sort of overflowing. So it was incredible. And I think, um, you know, obviously there's not much data on the track or anything, but the times came out pretty much fast track mm-hmm. times last week. So you'd expect pretty laughable they've got it at about a seven at the moment considering we haven't had a lot of rain. I think you caught, you've caught some overnight. Well, yeah, a couple of times, before. but you'd expect it um, to race pretty similar to last to last week, I, I guess. So that's um, you know it's a huge improvement, and they're doing up the, the facilities there slowly, and it's probably the most in demand training centre probably in the country now, like of, of people trying to get into the area. So yeah, they're finally starting to get ahead of the game. Toby Edmonds going down to Packenham. It's going to be a his rude son. shock for him. His son, hey? his son, Trent. His son. So he's gone from a petrol card, a wage, and uh, and I think a, an apartment all paid for to going out on his own and going to Packenham to do so. I know they spent big some cojones. time down there, but yeah, big set of balls on on uh, on the big fella. And I, like, at least he had that uh, the final hurrah with Barassi putting six on him in the in the maiden after. So what was it? it was like wasn't it like three bucks to one forty its first start in a, on the Wednesday? I love that race. I love watching it and then going back and watching the the lead ups after it. It's uh, it's not a great race to bet in for mine, but it's a, if, if you yeah, get our emails, to. you would have found the bet too because there was a thousand at uh, six dollars at Top Sport. So uh, a punter just uh, got Tristan there, an absolute beauty. But um, tell you what, she'll be a uh, different kettle of fish. Nana Goon versus uh, the Sunny Gold Coast. So I'm interested to see how Trent coats with it down there. It, uh, it's definitely a different scenario. Uh, good to see the uh, the hair the hairpin sort of turn and uh, it used to be like a uh, Happy Valley corner at the Gold Coast, but the camber and all the feedback from JK and all the jocks have been top notch. So I think it's uh, hats off to the Gold Coast Turf Club there. It's uh, sensational. I'm a member there. St- haven't got out there with the new Renault, but uh, might take the kids out there. Well, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they're starting to get the idea too that it needs to be sort of family friendly there Saturdays. Hopefully they'll bring in the sort of Friday nights and stuff when the lights go in and it'll be. Yeah, I, I, like I didn't get out there a lot, but I can certainly see us sort of lopping there a lot more if they they turn it into a, a Canterbury Friday night atmosphere. It'll be yeah, it'll be good fun. Nico can have his bucks up here. AirPods behind the gates is another uh, big one, and the feedback uh, has been uh, pretty resounding from a couple of the well, I'd say the two biggest jockeys in Australia, or nearly the the two best. J Mac was asked about his thoughts. He said, "Not particularly. I've got enough stuff running through my mind before the gates open. I don't think it's necessary, and I'm not a real fan of it." And then. Uh, Damien Lane, Frosty Lane, uh, responded to that one and said, uh, yep, uh, canned it around to the gates very well. So it's a, uh, it smells like a, uh, you know, a Channel 7 TV or any sort of producer wet fart idea. It sounds like they want to make magic television, but practically um, they've done, they haven't really thought it out um, quite well enough. But um, I found a couple of interesting tweets from uh, some 
uh, ex-Queensland jockeys or retired Queensland jockeys. One was from Damien Brown, who partnered uh, Buffering. He said, absolutely crazy. Jockeys need to be able to communicate with jockeys around them without having someone in their ear. Dangerous. And then uh, Ben Dorries, who probably couldn't throw a leg over a horse anyway, tries to uh, retort. And then uh, I thought this was an, another, like a slightly different angle um, from Rachel Mason, who's also a jockey up in Queensland. I know it says pre-race barriers, but either way, owners, trainers and staff put loads of money and time into these horses and race days, especially the big days. Once the jockey is on, they need to be focused for, sa- for safety and stake. Imagine having a 1000 bucks on a horse. And next thing you know, the 100 to 1 kicks your favourite. Let's call it Storm Boy in the Magic Millions. And next thing you know, it's scratched at the gates or it doesn't get around. And for what reason? What's the upside to it? Uh, We've talked about it before. Get a good list of, you know, uh, query runners in the race, interview them, interview the trainer, interview the jockey, talk about tactics, suck a bit more of genuine information out of them pre-race when they're not sitting on top of a horse. Great. Anything like it's like there's just a billion things that can go wrong, and I don't care where it is. If they're sitting on the top of the horse, unless they've got armed guards padding around them, um, you're opening yourself up to a million different outcomes that are none of them can be positive, and that can or be for the trainer, can be for a barrier attendant, can be for the horse, can be to the jockey. Any sort of loss of, uh, you know, what are you saying? Um, any anything like that, it's taking away from their. Uh, concentration when they're on the back of them is just can't be can't be a positive and and you sort of if you had huge upside maybe but what, what is the upside how do you measure it yeah, yeah well i just can't see any you know what are they going to say like oh yeah can you have 400 on for me at six dollars like, what are they going to say <laughs> i don't understand oh it's bizarre i reckon it'll last about uh oh, they'll it'll lucky to get 10 minutes coverage across the whole day Imagine if they put the earpod in craig williams and there's one minute out it'll start seven minutes late the race, mm. trying to pull him up. <laughs> What's he? He just wouldn't stop. They'd be talking about light switches and things like that. He'd, yeah. he'd go off topic. Oh, uh, the Damien Oliver finale. My friend Ollie, last three winners, Munamek, ridden ice cold. Have you guys seen anything like it on a racetrack? I'll let Nico go because I've been talking for ten minutes straight. <laughs> there hasn't been too many jockeys in the time that I've been really following racing. Probably about the Gouch that have really retired that have been you know really prominent. So. Yeah, it didn't look good early, but gee, turned it on late and yeah, it's a great ride on Muhammad and just just a fairy tale ending for him, wasn't it? So I haven't seen him too much in the media yet, but uh, throughout the autumn kind of blue, he might sort of ramp up there. And I really like listening to him on uh, RSN and a few of the other things he's done. Uh, brings a really good perspective as well from um, a jockey's point of view and speaks really well also. So he could be a good asset there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a big send off and uh, yeah, well done to him. The, uh, the the Sky uh, interview with Corey Brown was was quite interesting, but um, yeah, he's going to uh, feature quite prominently. And in- considering he's like what top, you know, who cares? It's like arguing whether Rafa or Nadal or Djokovic is the best. Like saying he's one of the greatest ever worldwide, and the drama that was underlying and all the emotion attached to that, going back home, and the financial things and everything, like. Wow, like I know even with his poor brother and the, mm. the media puzzle and, yeah, it's just like you, you get emotional sometimes just, just thinking when you sort of think of the layers to it. It was um, I was just so happy for him the way it sort of unfolded. It's it's gonna it's a shame we're going to lose him, but um, exceptional that he went out in that fashion. That's what racing needs to do. They need to bottle that up and then promote the absolute bejesus out of it and that's 
sort of what they've done with a great extent. And you just love the action. They added a bit of fairy tale around Perth and, you know, Hutchie's horse and Nick Ryan and all the connection there. It just made it that extra, extra bit special. I thought it was just um, captivating. And the poor old harness guys, they had uh, their biggest night. They had the, uh, the interdom. They would have been absolutely howling because it was a great story itself. But, Ollie just absolutely uh, overshadowed the whole lot. But um, let's kick along to today's show because it's 2024 and we are going to keep on betting like our great mate uh, Jason as a party says. And today's show is going to be a beauty. Donnie is back in spirit. He's going to send through a couple of tips. He's still on holiday as well. So we'll get a Did video I see from a place him. Betting next week. Donnie's run down there. Yeah, he's sick. He's on the place He's now. very sick. He's going to bet in all 11 races at the Gold Coast. I reckon he already has, so he's already started to shape the market. Mate, there. my system doesn't even handle 11 <laughs> races. The Gold Coast has blown my computer up. Oh, his computer's in overdrive. Mm. Uh, the syndicate's roaring, 148 units lifetime, so uh, massive result last year, so about 12,000 profit if you joined at the start of the year. And the good thing is if you uh, have just started, uh, in 2024, which some people have, you would have spent $100 on your sub, so uh, 50 bucks a week, and uh, you would have been plus $1,157 already. So that's after uh, you take out the sub. So great uh, scenes there with uh, plus 12.57 units profits in 2024 alone. So uh, the boys have hit the ground running, fresh legs, and we're going to be spearing across uh, everything over the next couple of days. A bit quiet last Two or three days. I think we're still reeling from the chilly Philly result, um, but uh, I think we're pretty keen to bet today in the next couple of days. So uh, join a little bit of syndicate if um, you haven't yet. Well, uh, a little bit of a uh, – well, I'm doing all the polishes. I might as well uh, give you a uh, double-hander, a reach-around. Kinlock at 30s last week in the uh, the Racing Watch chat. Yeah. Bit of, bit yeah. of flair there, a bit of Nash hot. It was a good day. That um, Magnetair was the one that sort of got away. We Magnetair, Exceladus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cordys and all sorts. Everyone, I think, had a pretty decent day. It was good to turn a what looked a pretty average day into a good day. It's good when those sort of decent results fall your way. They help on these bigger days where it's just hard to win, don't you? need to have a few of the the rougher results fall in your lap to um, sustain to sustain the amount of racing we've got. It's just crazy, but it's, yeah, it is what it is. We just keep betting. Beautiful business. Uh, make sure you check out racingwatch.com.au and check out some of his stuff. Nico's uh, Tassie stuff's been brilliant. Uh, got the winner of the Guineas, P. Payne, and uh, you're finding all the right horses. And I think I just feel like you're getting a really good handle of the jockeys down there. Who suits what uh, camp and horse. So uh, you're having a little bit of a spell. You gave out uh, pretty good freebies in uh, December, uh, Nico, and then uh, you've started to poke through a couple of little uh, thoughts here and there in January. But uh, you're taking a break with us for the Mounting Yard Mail, and you're sort of moonlighting on RSN. So you'll be back uh, with the little birdie uh, Mounting Yard Mail in February, aren't you? Yeah, been uh, been able to fill in via RSN at the moment. But, um, yeah, if you're in the group, obviously you would have saw last Saturday that we were uh, we put through uh, just the top four and a, a few bets there at July. We had an okay day. So, uh, yeah, depending on how much it, um, sort of work that they want me to do and how busy I am with them, I'll try and probably do that for most of the meetings. But um, in terms of full... What did you think of those two-year-olds off topic? The Bennett horse. I thought yeah. I thought that was probably some of the better two-year-olds we've seen in Victoria from a tight point of view. And then obviously when they race, the the three in the market really drew away from the others late, big margins. Um, yeah, I, I would have thought he'd be right in a prelude or a preview and um, be right up there in a blue diamond at this stage. I agree. I thought, yeah, the, the, definitely the first two across the line and, and Friedman sort of looked like it was gone and didn't give up the ghost. It kept, it kept coming, so it'll probably improve as well. I thought that was one of the better two-year-old races I've seen in 
Victoria for ages. Mm, the old, uh, yeah, it was a cosmic force thing. I tell, the owners of cosmic force or any anyone pushing a cosmic force uh, horse would be on the body, the gluck gluck. Absolutely chomping it down. Someone you'd, you'd love it, like someone with hundred thousand on the horse compared to the one of the <laughs> Newgate guys or whoever stands Cosmic Force. Who would be tied to the screen more? It'd be Chubby. hilarious. Two weeks out from Magic Millions, mate. Absolutely barred up. I yeah. love that the barred up uh, quote has made the uh, the feature reel on the on the Sky Thoroughbred Central. The trainer that, that said he was barred up after Ollie's first win, and they've put him in a yeah, replay. They've, they've made the edit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, it was a beauty. But uh, I Bricked think that, that I Cosmic Force horse looks an absolute powerhouse. And, uh, gee, I love that. Glad you mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to do the two- and three-year-olds, so uh, tackled a couple of easy ones. And let's get into Flemington because it feels like uh, that's a pretty big intro. But I guess our first show back, we sort of have to uh, cover a bit of uh, housekeeping. But uh, they're back at Flemington this week. It's uh, Race 4 is the first one we're going to have a look at here. It's... Uh, Restricted no metro win, thousand meter race, uh, right up your alley, Nico. Keen and us a favourite at topsport.com.au at four dollars. Ascending at five dollars. Shame is six fifty into five. Chester Warrior is seven dollars. Who shot Susie? Seven dollars. Princess Annalise is seven dollars. Uh, Grey Wazi thirteen. Far enough fifteen. Dio is twenty dollars and much much better than the rest. The horse you like here, Nico, is Chester Warrior. Tell us why you like it. Yeah, this horse has always showed a fair bit of ability. Um, he bolted in winning a maiden at Swan Hill and then the run prior is really good at Caulfield on debut and he's just looked like a horse that would always go on to something and then his form really tapered off and um, you thought, oh, maybe he's no good. But I think he's come back this preparation in really good order. Um, burst up win, was quite solid at Ballarat, ran a good time, form around him, stacked up out of that race. Then just happy to forgive the next run he had at Ballarat on the heavy nine surface. Just didn't look like he went a yard in that track at all. Um, and then, yeah, he last started Flemington where he was just now late by impressive enough. He has won again since in a benchmark 70. So I would say that race, um, you know, given this is a restricted race, is probably a little bit stronger. So the form stacked up. Um, don't mind him coming back to 1,000 metres. I think he's a little bit late, late there at the end of 1,200. Um, so back to the 1,000 down the straight where he's, you know, run well there last start. Uh, I thought he ticked a fair few boxes. I think Keaton enough's a big danger. Could probably back both, but Chester Warrior is definitely going to be the uh, the better result. And just think he probably parks him behind the speed. Should have a really good turn of foot late coming back to the thousand, and should get every chance. So around that seven eight dollar mark, I thought he was a, a bit over the odds, and happy to play with him. Outstanding. And uh, Jerome Hunter's horse ascending. How's Jerome Hunter going after he had that stable virus? He's had a, a few horses back in. Is he still striking hot? Yeah, he's a, a trainer that really um, does heat up this time of the year. He's his horses are never really missed by the market, but they are racing quite well, but he's not necessarily that profitable to back at the moment. Um, I thought Ascending had every possible chance last start at Flemington, probably in a weaker race than what um, Chester Warrior and even Keenan have come through. So I didn't really love the way she paraded there on that occasion either. Really, so oh, probably a man now. So I'd just be happy to watch her and maybe she comes back better next campaign. She's obviously got a good amount of talent, but uh, I was just a, a little bit against her given how she paraded last up. Okay, so we'll open the account at uh, Flemington Race 4, number 4, Chester Warrior, and then we'll uh, be on the quick backup here in Race 5, odds courtesy of Top Sport, and it's the uh, the Stud and Stable Staff Awards, benchmark 70 over 2,000 metres, and girls, 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 
two dollar ninety uh, favorite here. Interlink three dollars ninety. Bold Soul four forty. Gold Wolf twelve dollars. And then you got Macy Moo fourteen. Uh, Ring Bearer fourteen dollars. Cortain Sam Buckus and uh, Border Vassage are all outside the market. The horse that you like here is from the uh, the David and Coral Feek Yard in the yellow and white with the uh, the red cap coming around them now. Nico, tell us why you like it. Yeah, this was at Seymour. I think this is the most crucial part of the race. He goes for this gap inside of Max Mercury. He goes on to win the race, and he just gets chopped out of it there. Um, has his momentum halted, and then he really picks himself up again late, runs the fastest last 200 meters of the race. I think he should have won. Um, his work through the line was quite strong, and this was 2,000 meters. A lot of these horses are stepping up from 16 and 1,800 meters, and this just looks like a horse who's probably already looking for 2,400. This is probably a key lead-up, I would have thought, for like a Tasmanian derby. A lot of these horses might be looking head that way. I think Duncal won this race last year. and uh, I just think Goldwolf might be best suited getting to Flemington. Um, Macy Moon should set up a good early tempo, get some blinkers off for the first time, and did over-race last start. So I'm interested to see that horse at 2,000. I think if it does similar here, it probably sets up a very genuine tempo, which will suit him, um, given how strong he was there late. And getting to Flemington, I also think it would be a big tick for him. So I think Bo should probably just keep him out of trouble from barrier number 10, let him rip down the middle, and I know hopefully he's coming home too strong for him. There, there is a few horses here that might have a, a little bit more talent than him, but you can definitely tie in his form. He won at Maui two starts ago, beating Manhattan Stone, who was very lucky behind Cortain, who wasn't all that far off Bold Soul, girls, 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 last start at Caulfield. So, um, you know, you can tie in a lot of these horses' form, and I don't think that's a big step up from the maidens and benchmark 64s. Like the favorite's still a maiden, although she was a good run last start. If you got sort of closer to $3, maybe three fifty, I could get entertained her. But um, yeah, I thought just at the prices, Gold Wolf looked, looked over the odds for the horse getting to Flemington, and hopefully with an uninterrupted run, should just be blending in down the middle, and hopefully it's too strong for him weight. So. Yeah, I could mark him much shorter than than the uh, the current price on offer. I think he's around twelve or thirteen dollars. Where I looked yesterday, I had a look this morning, but um, yeah, I think he's uh, he's a good chance there. Reckon now you're on the money there. Twelve dollars looks very very juicy. Definitely big track horse, and agree completely. Love the way he sort of picked himself up uh, off the canvas there against uh, Max Mercury. Real DK vibe about that sort of horse. It sounds like a horse that DK might have back last start and just copped it fair up the. Uh, the blurter, so uh, I'll be uh, definitely investing in that one as well. All right, if as we said before, tune into RSN if you want uh, to hear some of Nico's thoughts. And if you're uh, he's still got the December link, it's still valid. Hit us up, slide into our DMs every now and then. Nico will uh, pop through a couple of thoughts in January, but uh, the subs will turn back on in February. So fantastic stuff there, Nico, with Flemington. And I'm just going to have a quick look at uh, the features at the Gold Coast, and I think uh, Waltz. Stayed up all night doing the form as well, or he's got a couple. Uh, I've of, done those two races. <clears throat> yeah, he done those two races. So it's uh, pretty uh, pretty straightforward, a couple of these. Uh, race eight, we're going to go look at the two-year-old first. And Storm Boy's the favourite at top spot, 250 into $2.40. Spywire, 550 Highness seven into five fifty. Arabian Summer is six dollars. Parker nine dollars fifty. Wolfgang sixteen dollars. Erno's Cube seventeen. And Jenny's Meadow, $26, $31, Poster Girl, and that rounds out uh, the major chances, I would have thought. The first replay we're going to have a look at here is Storm Boy winning the Bruce McLaughlin. So he sort of bungled the start, uh, was sort of forced to uh, race sort of three wide, but love the way he's just uh, extended away and just got down to business, uh, this horse. I think I uh, sent Walt uh, a message after his debut run. Can't remember if it was what Randwick or uh, Rose Hill, but... 
I just really like the uh, like the horse sort of on type and just We're love just look everything. At him. He's twice the size of the things chasing him. Yeah, he's just got that nice, real good uh, powerhouse sort of barrel around the around his guts and his girth. I just was quite taken by his uh, debut win, and then he, he sort of did it the hard way. Uh, the his second ever start, so he's versatile this horse. So if they go fast or slow, he seems pretty bomb proof, and uh, yeah, he just relaxes so well. He's just the ultimate professional. I would have thought. The next replay we're going to have a look at here is Highness at uh, Wyong. So you've got uh, Spy Wire with uh, Schiller, and then you've got uh, Highness in the stalking position. Uh, I know Donnie's uh, a little bit keen on Highness. Definitely uh, 1,200. I think uh, he beats Spy Wire home, Highness. Uh, I'm just not 100% convinced that... Uh, this form is enough to win the race, but I do like the way he, he chases down this sort of bunny and once he goes through the line, he, he's sort of not really stopping either. What's your opinion on that race and, and that horse? Uh, I don't like it, um, but I was I was interested because of that, that race last week, Spywire, and the, but the way the track raced and then uh, we've talked about for my mate Mark who looks at the horses and, then, and luckily he was there. So I was quite interested in his opinion of all these two-year-olds and he didn't like any of them, <laughs> the ones that raced last week. And he's like, the, the, the horses that ran sort of back placings and beyond probably wouldn't win at Musselbrook. So, mm. um, yeah, Spywire itself, I think he's probably the pick of them. But he just looked like he was ready to tie up through the line there last week and he sort of dragged that back through Highness. I've got absolutely no doubt that Spywire should have won that race at Wyong. And Highness sort of picked up the pieces. I didn't really like his trial since. So, you know, from a race perspective, I'm pretty much penning all those horses. Not penning them, but I'm penalising them heavily. I, mm. I just don't think they're the dangers to Storm Boy. I think, I don't, I, I think Storm Boy is the danger to Storm Boy, as in, um, you know, going forward, first prep, those sorts of little things. Mm. He did a little bit wrong in that race, but as you said, it was great to see him sort of half miss it, have to recover, caught in an awkward spot, work to get around him, left in front, ran away from Bang. him. And, you know, like they say, he's got a bigger chest on him than a Y50. So if any two-year-old's going to have significant improvement potentially, it's going to be a horse that's got, you know, that sort of constitution that he and, and physical frame that he has already got. So I think, you know, clearly it's his race to lose, clearly, and then – I'm looking away from the Highness Spywire Arabian Summer form for the danger. Mm. Interesting uh, Arabian Summer. A couple of thoughts from you, Nico. Like a, a lot of people are sort of trying to push, put the the sunlight quick back up. Um, Tony McAvoy sort of polish on, but I uh, thought you're. Can we can we bring to light some of your comments so you can water them down a little bit, mate? If you want from our group chat, what do you think of Arabian Summer? Oh, I'd I'd be surprised if she won having. Seen her race in Melbourne, like I backed her, I think when she ran third down the straight at Flemington and yeah, like I backed her in that race just because I thought it probably lacked a little bit of depth and she's very professional and she, she's shown that her last year, you know, if you've got a horse like Storm Boy who's braving the clock in terms of ratings point of view and, you know, if, if Walt's correct and say he's got a bigger chest than a Y5-0, he'll be double the size of her. She's just a little ant. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be hard. I'd be surprised if she won the Magic Millions. I'd be hard against her at $6, I think. Probably double or triple would be um, more like my sort of pricing there. But, yeah, it's a tricky race. You've got Spywise, obviously got some talent, but 1,200 is a question mark. Highness is tied in there. Wolfgang went over to Adelaide and won nicely, but... Um, he plays up in the yard. He walks around in the yard with a bloody... They've thrown blinkers on him. Half-mast. Yeah. Full-mast. 
his probably biggest asset that he went a thousand to twelve hundred and one, which is not easy to do. And now he gets blinkers. Like his setup's okay, but yeah, my mate who's he agreed with, like, like I said, Arabian someone. What do you think? Ugh. He was just like, yeah, just a horse. Like no real knock, but just a, like it doesn't look like a magic million horse. So same yeah, thing. She, that was he said the thing that ran fourth in there wouldn't win at the non tabs. And, she's, no, um, she's no sunlight looking at her. Like they'd, they'd no. be completely different animals if you were to put them next to each other. So obviously the comparison visually, there. right? Which is, yeah. which is scary. So, yeah, I thought the danger was clearly and probably should be second favourite was Uno's Cube, which is, um, yeah, I think, what is it now? It's like 20 to 1, I think $17 top sport. I think it'll start single figures. Mm. I, I think yeah, it's clearly the danger. I, black, I actually really liked his... Uh, Gim Kingcrat run. I know he got beaten five lengths, but I black booked it off that day, and then he um, smashed him at Newcastle in a nine hundred. Newcastle, who cares? And then he looked like he just had a barrier trial the other day. Bit of a buy. He's a, quite a professional little horse, and it, hmm. uh, we spoke about it on the golf course yesterday. And I, he's got barrier seven, and I know he's been racing a little bit back in his smaller fields and stuff like that. But he's a horse that doesn't need to get dragged out of the race, so he can. I think he'll be if they go hard, he'll be midfield. Hmm. If they don't, he'll be right behind them, yep. and he's the horse that can track up and finish off. And you know, seven's perfect for that sort of sort of style of horse. Isn't it? You don't really probably want to drawing one in this race, and. And if they do work Storm Boy and they all go nuts, I think he's the no-brainer sort of each way saver if you've already on Storm Boy and probably the probably I think it the place I'd rather take five bucks to place it than even money Storm Boy, even though I think it'll probably win. Good way to bet, yeah. And the other horse for uh, Scooty's quarter numbers I thought was uh, Poster Girl. I thought she was um, doing silly sp- price, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I was just doing a, her, her best work late behind Storm Boy. So if Storm Boy's had enough of the prep or he fails, uh, she could just bob up. And she just looks like she's had the perfect preparation. 2,000 metre runs where there's a bit of merit in both of those and then 1,200 behind the favourite and you're getting $31 and bloody six bucks a place. And Territory Ash sort of tied in there. I think yeah. it's like a hundreds. Yeah. And it sort of had a half a barrier trial the other two. So I, I had those two horses written down too as the, the two crazy prices. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't disagree at all with that. If you got any crazy multis with Storm Boy, there's a couple of horses out of the market that we think you should uh, probably cover up on. You'd be sick if Erno's Cube or Poster Girl sort of knocks you off at massive, massive prices. But, um, yeah. so yeah, It's not a vintage race. It's not a deep race. And he just looks like he's just mm. got it all over him physically for mine. And that's just, you know, perfect trainer, yep. draw, rider. Um, yeah, a lot of – it's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, he's going to be hard to beat. Great stuff. We sort of agree on one thing, which is good. Gold Coast uh, Race 9, three-year-old Magic Million Guineas is the next one. Chrysler is 6 into $5. Safrado, $6. Sydney Bowler, 7 Abounding, seven fifty. Royal Tribute, $10. Infatuation, $12. VC, 17 Weigel Tiger, $19. Show Me Mercy, $20. Then you got Vanquished, uh, Barnstorm, you win last uh, week, $21. Trifling, 21 and then uh, horses like Sephoria, Keenan, Sovereign Fund, um, and then Deep Respect, blah, blah, blah. It gets, you know, it's got a pretty long tail on this one. You can see something maybe flop into uh, third or fourth here. So big exotic uh, race or a deep one at least. Let's have a quick look at the uh, the key lead-ups. And the first one uh, is Safrado and uh, Chrysayor. And just like the way the, both these uh, horses sort of hunted down the leaders on a day where I thought the inside was probably worth a couple of lengths and you've got Chrysler or he sort of looms up as if he's just going to run straight past them. He was like 60-something days between yeah. runs, wasn't he? So this so, was a good clean-out for uh, him. And it's, he sort of, for mine, to my eye, the last sort of 50, he sort of hit the wall here and 
I think Sofredo is something like third or fourth up and just had the fitness edge. So if I had a free bet, I'd probably back uh, Chrysler and knowing Waller Grand Final, uh, I, I think I'd prefer to back Chrysler and maybe a slight map advantage head to head. But I thought the horse that was pretty impressive last start, the Sydney form, Sydney Bowler, was an absolute beauty. They sort of used him up early from a wide draw, and there he is in the Suman Edge uh, Maroon, outside leader. And he just sort of puts a hole in his opposition here. But um, oh, Barrier 17, John Four O'Shea. 1400s, the, yeah. yeah. I thought this was, I thought it wouldn't be sharp enough for this race. So I mm. thought it was a great ride to get it outside leader, and then it was pretty much race over when it got there. But mm. certainly, you know, Three runs at 1,400, now having to tackle that wide draw just around this profile. It's going to need an excellent ride. Especially the way the, tra- the track's been played. Yeah. It looks like a ton of speed in this race. So you've got guys like... Which might not be great from 17. Like, you know, it'll probably Ooh. get back midfield or worse, but it'll be sort of not in the... You, you probably want to cut under him a little bit here, which, you know, it's giving away experience and stuff. I think it's, you know, potentially the, potentially the best horse in the race, but... Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, other, what else are you watching? Well, yeah, no, I think that that's that, that's the only replays that we've got. But you got Royal Tribute. Uh, it's who, the one. It's the one. As in, it's got former around Osmosis. Those mm. horses last prep twelve hundred. They look like jury outruns when it was sort of out sprinted in those races where you yep. expected it off what it did at Hawkesbury first up to just run them off their legs potentially, and mm. then he lost that dynamic speed really early in that prep, and he sort of never regained it. But he kept sort of coming through the line over those 1,200-metre runs. and then Some, Yeah, real weird run. His trial was a bit one pace leading in, which sort of threw me off wanting to take short odds first up, and then Infatuation had it beat at Gosford. Cold. And it came off the off, canvas there. Yeah. And I actually think Infatuation's flying. So it's the horse that I could see if it did everything right. It does weird things. It parades poorly. It's, it's bad. It's a really nice type of horse, but it does a few things wrong. If it jumped lead and and just sort of got into a rhythm, I, mate, he could put six on him and I wouldn't be surprised. It's the horse in the race that could do that, I think. Uh, just because I don't know if I don't know if any of that form's really that strong. Sofredo craze. So I don't they're all similar horses. You go down Weagle Tiger back in trips, okay. I've got so many notes next to these horses, not hopeless, well set up back mm. to fourteen hundred. They'll all poke around and, and run well. Sydney Bowler will be the same, aboundings, you know, what it's just a horse for mine. Trifling, another one that's well set up, going to be strong, but he's just got a bit of X factor around all of his form that says, you know, if he gets to 1400 and does everything right, he could just blow their heads off and he's 10 to 1. So he's the horse that I think's of most interest to me here. But if it doesn't win and uh, even infatuation ties in there, but it's probably drawn a little bit awkward, um, it's a it's an extraordinarily open race away from. Mm-hmm. But it's just, and it couldn't, it could. It could be, get beat six, you know. What I mean? like it, mm. it might not run 1,400. I might be completely wrong, but it's just the horse with a bit of X factor, I think, in the race that, compared to the rest. The other horse that uh, sparks a bit of interest, and this is uh, from down your way, Nico, is uh, VC from the Mara Eustace Yard. Uh, I thought it was a pretty we, big we run behind Ginger, yeah. and, uh, Ginger and Pink. Uh, yeah. Raced in the Vane Stakes, the the uh, the chairman stakes was pretty good and some pretty hot races as a two-year-old, and it's sort of in the abyss a bit, but... Uh, Seems back and a bit scary here. Yeah, it has come back. Walford, he would improve a bit from that first up run out of the yard as well. So um, given that, you think he'd probably set to peak here, second up. 1,400 is probably a slight question mark off his fall. Like I think his only win is at 1,000 metres. But like you said, he was a bit in the abyss over the spring. And if you go back to his two-year-old days, he definitely showed a lot of ability. And 
think that's probably key to the, this race, just trying to figure out which horse has the most ability because, uh, you know, it's probably not a race where there's any superstars in it, like Chrysler, your favorite, Royal Tribute, I'm probably at Rolf. He's got the right form. It's just whether he can get it right on the race day and everything sort of can line up for him there. So, yeah, tricky race. VC, I know there's a lot of people on it sort of $51, so um, good luck to them. And, yeah, 26 looked over the odds as well, but oh, tough race. So I sort of didn't have much of an opinion. Yeah, I uh, had Sydney Bowler sort of drawn anywhere between, say, you know, 6 and 10. He's probably going to come in a couple anyway. I could just see him stalking if I had to have a lavish empire. If he drew that sort of same gate and they did it, he could do the lavish empire through him late, like that last race last week. Yeah, this will be high pressure, and I do think that this horse will eat up fourteen hundred and eats up the pressure well. So, poor old uh, Johnny O'Shea, he would have been absolutely boiling when he uh, when he got that wide gate. But uh, if I had a free bet, I'd be probably just praying. that Sydney Bowler can get across, but uh, definitely a race where you want to make the most of uh, whatever pattern that you've seen evident. If you know if they're leading or swooping or whatever they're going to do, I assume that they're going to be. I'm going to just play the Gold Coast leaderish and all the first couple of pairs until otherwise. You got to set up that those there's cutting in the corner a little bit. You don't really want to be back wide circling from what we saw last week. No, a bit of a bit of quicksand and that track might just need a bit of time to uh, mesh together. So we can't be too critical. Timmy said he had a good look at that lane six seven off on Chili Philly and it might not be the place to be. He said to pass that on to you. Triggering, (laughs) absolutely triggering. I don't actually. We sent a couple of bets at Stony Creek, but uh, the syndicate haven't had a bet since Saturday. Because of Stony Creek's abandonment since Chili Philly, I think we've been in mourning for, for four days and just need a bit of a, a big deep breath because we it sent that as a two-unit play, which is a big bet. For all us. he just sent me, he did, I didn't talk to him after the races, but he just sent F-U-C-K. And then about 20 minutes after that, I had a reply to him. He's like, F-U-C-K. And then he's like, because oh, the back of like Zoe's promise, obviously third defence, doesn't get out. Uh, probably went what was going well enough to, to take it, luck out of play, you know, at the 800 or something in hindsight. And then... Over uh, over conservative the next time and the wrinkle takes the run through the inside. It's the old one-two punch that you never want to get as a jockey. But, yeah, I'm glad that you went down in pain with him. That's um, that's a little bit of a – I'll let him know. I'm sure he'll be happy with that. Yeah, we'll all struggle to recover from that one for a very long time. It was um, – yeah. Lucky, I did, lucky, I did, lucky it wasn't – the lucky Joyce's horse knocked most of us out of the quaddy and I didn't rely on Chili Philly in the last because I actually probably would have hey, got Jungle the keys. Hey, is one of your horses. Yeah, and there's that as well. <laughs> they went super slow. wasn't even a test for, for that horse anyway. We can't get them all right, but uh, hopefully we've found a couple of uh, good ones for you guys or some uh, food for thought anyway. Punningform.com.au gives me plenty of food for thought, and uh, if my eyes are lying, I can go back to the punningform.com.au data and uh, I can correct what I've seen. So brilliant pre-race, post-race, uh, can skip across uh, anywhere and do the form in an instant. So it's uh, beautiful trying to put all the puzzles together, especially for races like uh, the Gold Coast with all these colliding form lines. It helps uh, uh, clear the muddying waters, so to speak. Uh, Rose Hill is the next thing that we're going to have a look at, and uh, Walt's found you one moral only, which is kind. He's just kept uh, it very, very simple for you, and it's race number 10 at Rose Hill, and it's the top sport benchmark 78 over 1,400 metres, and 
Testator Silence as a favourite here. Barrier one, T Sherry J Pride, two dollar sixty favourite. Sonora eight dollars, nine dollars Starman, nine fifty Prince of Pessa, Gracie Styler, ten dollars Cross the Rubicon, ten eleven Danish Prince, twelve dollars Rhinoceros. And that's the major chances in the race. Uh, Testator Silence is the horse that Walt likes here. It's in the purple and uh, with the white sleeve, sort of doing so, all the chasing. Yeah, it comes in. The, it comes around the heels of these. Uh, so that's Excelidus who came out and won. Well, bless its heart, um, chasing, and he's coming off the back of him. So that's his stable mate, uh, Lovewire out in front. And um, most important thing, and just trying to keep it pretty simple, I went through the whole card. It's pretty horrible, pretty tough. So um, earmuffs come off this horse. So Joe Pride, clearly a horse, that, a, a trainer that that plans out, you know, where he's going to set horses and whatever. And and uh, I took the blinkers off this horse at the start of the prep, put earmuffs on it. They've stayed on. You can see there he kind of wasn't responsive at any stage and he hasn't been all prep, but kept finding the line. And, yeah, just, just simply by default this race, he draws a gate, earmuffs come off, perfectly set up, uh, should stalk the leaders. I think he'll show a little bit more speed. There, I doubt there's any breakaway leader in this race like there was there. So, uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't bust up like that, and this horse I think will show a far better turn of foot or response to the rider than than what we've seen there. And it's just a race where there's no real horse that's well set up. Starman was in that race, but I thought Testator was was a a little bit dominant over him late. He did have to cart the field up a bit more, Starman, but I still think this horse was far stronger late. Then sort of Mister Coney's found the right races at the right time. Prince of Pess has been pretty average at its two runs back. Gracie style has been average. It's got blinkers, but has to improve significantly. And then across uh, the Rubicon was okay. Draws inside can improve, but all these horses need to sort of rise up to a level to get to Testator Silence, and that's the level that he's been showing with the earmuff. So if he gets the sort of length or two improvement in response when those muffs come off, that I think will be there. And you know, Joe's so good at this. I think it's had four runs this prep. So. All that uh, garbage should be knocked out of the horse by now. I doubt that the earmuffs coming off is a huge risk that he's going to do anything crazy. So, um, you know, just one and one's two. I, you know, $2.60, I think it was $3 sort of last night when I was looking. I thought that was fair enough. Um, yeah, just on a tough card, it looks just, to, you know, to have a lot in its favour here and, and um, yeah, something weird has to happen for it to not run extremely well. I'm just going to put that in my uh, John Walter, John Walter, sorry, algorithm. And if Walt's taking a horse at three dollars or less, T Sherry, it's press. It's just absolutely launch job because mm. it's, it's from- and it's you know what will be lovely <laughs> if we've got the all ups going all day in a race ten T Sherry or the inside draw in the last with the muffs off will be. Uh- It'll be good. You'll be you'll get to see me live having a mental breakdown. I think he'll be blowing the whistle, T-Sherry, and let's hope uh, the C's part. But um, I think Joe Pride is probably a trainer that um, I did hear a funny thing when uh, John Masara said, oh, I think the jig's up and everyone's cottoned onto the Japanese horses. Well, they sort of didn't because they bet crazy odds Obama Boomerai, but I think the jig's completely up with Joe Pride. You've been saying it for the last probably three years on the show, but... He's just going to go from strength to strength, Joey Pride, isn't he? Yeah, you see, like they they've taken a horse like Marzu off Snowden and giving it to another trainer. Like, yeah, I, obviously, that. racing's not what it once was. Loyalty was, but that's that's the that's the opinion everyone has of him now that he can improve horses off basically anyone. It's mm-hmm. uh, I still I think he's got a was it yesterday or today? He's got a Waller horse um, that that you know sort of had sort solid form for him. Is it Estelio Marilio or something? I think it's in on Saturday. So uh, you know, a horse that had decent form. 
I think it was the Phoenix thoroughbred. I don't know whether they bought it as a tried horse or not, but, it, you know, it's had 10 or 15 starts for Waller. Those horses don't stay in Sydney. Uh, you know, if they, they leave his stable and they usually go, you know, north or west or somewhere where a little bit easier. So it shows that, you know, even off Waller, they're, they're happy to give him to Joe now because they think he can he can suck a bit more life out of them. So he's he's incredible. And how good is it watching his kids, well, you know, being interviewed? I actually think, I was just gonna about to say that, mm. of all the, you know, the Calvin McAvoys and, you know, the Trent and all, the, all those, you know, the next generation of trainers, uh, Bray Pride, he, he's very polished for – Someone who I looks think he's a younger one too. I like, think he's about 16 or 17, yeah. this bloke. He'd barely have Rubik's Cubes and yep. he presents as well as anyone. I think he's got a big future. Like, and it's just so smart from Joe just to put him out the front. But honestly, like I always thought, and I've been pretty vocal about it, that, you know, he's probably, you know, weaknesses. Every, every, I love everyone thinks you mean negative. Mate, he's got 27 positives and his weaknesses probably are, you know, choice of jockeys and, a, and a, <laughs> maybe when he gets too big, I'm talking – you know, plus 60 horses is when he sort of started to slide a bit. Maybe when, you know, he got too big, he'd, he'd drop off. But now, you know, the kids and that, that's all he needs. And and it's not even uh, their help. It's just them being there. Like I can imagine if it was my boys, you know, get you bouncing out of bed to go to work with your two two kids every day. Yeah, get you on again. Bloody oath. Breath and, you know, you get, if you've got some nice horses coming through, yeah, I like sky's the limit for Joe Pride. Outstanding. Sky's the limit for racingwatch.com.au as well. Excelitus was another winner. He tipped the 30s, uh, Kinlock. So it's uh, Christmas in January for uh, waltybet.com.au. So uh, check out racingwatch.com.au. Make sure you get either the Telegram or the Discord channel and uh, you'll get the same sort of treats and you'll land quaddies and all sorts of uh, crazy stuff. And it's seven days a week. The bloke doesn't sleep. He's a vampire. And you know, I've said it all before. Tassie racing on Friday night. Nico is uh, the next thing that we need to look at. And Devonport Cup uh, was, uh, what was it, Wednesday, yesterday? yesterday? It was Wednesday yep. yesterday. Yeah, and uh, so there's big racing there on uh, New Year's Day. So they're absolutely humming. It's the uh, the summer of racing in Tassie. So good time to uh, start betting in Tassie if you haven't already because a lot of these uh, Melbourne horses, and Nico just referenced one going down for the derby and also all that sort of thing. So it's easy to find horses that uh, go from Melbourne and then just go on absolutely pissing down in uh, the Apple Isle. So Nico's cotton onto it, so make sure uh, you check out his stuff uh, when he pops uh, pops it through on the message or uh, in our groups. But uh, Launceston Race 4 is the first one that you can have a look at on Friday night, and Imagine How is the horse that you found here. It's in the, uh, the red and yellow. Tell us why you like this one, Nico. Uh, he's a horse who's pretty consistent when he – Gets up to his best. I thought his runs early this campaign were really good. His run three back was great in a um, in a strong benchmark seventy six, and then his run in between this and um, that run at Launceston was just you know, hard to work out. Just didn't fire a shot. Then he got up to eight hundred meters here, and he was quite good to the line. I thought, um, and I think getting out in distance maybe what he's really looking for now. He's always been a horse throughout his career that looked like you know this sort of distance range would really suit him and. Um, he's sort of only been stretched out to 2,100 meters once. Um, but I think off the way he's been going this preparation, he hasn't really had the same turn of foot as other campaigns. And that may be because they're training him to potentially get out over a bit more ground or he just needs that ground. So uh, from an inside draw, should get every possible chance um, with Erica Byrne-Burke on. She's got a good association with the horse riding him last start and then plenty of trials. So um, she seems to be Trinder's go-to at the moment with Brendan McCall. I think he's injured. I think he's got a, a knee injury or something like that. So um, he's on the sideline. So she's getting all the good rides. And I think this horse out to this distance range with a good map 
um, just could improve a little bit in a race that's very even. Uh, he's, he's a horse I sort of thought we could get interested in. I think he'll probably be, you know, maybe that $4 to $6 range. Um, I'd be really happy if he was $6. Think you could have, you know, a slow bet. If he's closer to 4 then you know, the market probably hasn't missed him in there. They're probably like me predicting he might improve a little up to 2,100 meters, but I think if he's around that sort of $6 range, he's, um, he's going to be pretty appealing, but yeah, that four to $6 range, I'd expect him to go up and should get every possible chance. And if he's good enough, I, I would have thought he'd be right in the finish. Swoop. There it is. One, two on the trot over a mile, uh, jumped up to 2,100 meters, failed, uh, I assume it'll go up favourite and thoughts around that runner because it's, uh, it's obviously stepping back in class. Yeah, like uh, last start, I think, running the Brighton Cup behind Ashley Boy, who went on to win the Devonport Cup. She started 460. Um, she was another one that was on trial at 2100 metres last start and probably just got a little bit too far back. She was still okay to the line, but um, she'll get a fair way back again here. And that's just not a great place to be at Launceston. Um, you look through her career, most of her best runs have probably come at Hobart, especially. Her win two starts ago, so um, yeah, I think if if imagine how I can get the the nice drop on her, um, she'll definitely have to come and get him. She might be a better horse, but he just might have a little bit of a better setup. So yeah, I I'd, I had a second pick on the racing dot com tips. If you want to check out them on the the tipping hub for the full meeting, uh, she definitely looks the main danger. And uh, yeah, like I said, probably will go up favourite. Just um, she's not a map positive horse, and I think you probably want to be around this circuit. Mm, definitely uh, favours leaders, Launceston. So imagine how and uh, Erica Burke and Nico, uh, a, a little profitable combination uh, on the algo there too as well. So uh, we'll take some catching. Race seven is the uh, the next one that you're interested in, Nico, and it's race seven number one. It's uh, Philosopher's Stone. Let's have a look at its uh, last start replay. It's in the white with the pink sleeve, absolutely trucking, t- uh, taking off after these leaders. This guy's a freak, Glenn Stevenson. He's just training every winner, every horse he seems to be getting. First accused, Dashy Boy. Um, they're all improving. Got this horse who ran really, really well first up in Tasmania. Bumped into Red Sphere, um, who was in this race. And then um, I thought he ran really well there, just getting to the line late. Just missed. Uh, Red Sphere is in this race also. Um, so that was his first up run over 1,000 meters. Uh, I think that was advantage, Red Sphere, on that occasion. Given the distance, then he's gone back to Devonport since in a class one, absolutely bolted in over 1,150 meters, uh, beating Turk Boy, who was only narrowly defeated yesterday. So the form of that race is stacked up. Always been a horse with a little bit of ability. He was with uh, Team McAvoy over here in Victoria and um, could mix his form a little bit, but he definitely showed enough. And then I think they've just worked him out in Tasmania. Um, 1,100 meters, I think he's going to really be suited here. And it looks good early speed with Red Sphere. Coming up from that win at 1,000 metres, he was a winner of that race. Fear the sting drawn outside him. She's got talent, very fast early. Even uh, Periwinkle, Tricky Mickey, there's really good speed here. So I'm hoping that Red Sphere and Fear the Sting, Fear the Sting probably a little bit of a question mark first up for the new stable. Um, and Red Sphere definitely a question mark at a strong 1,100 metres. I think it plays right into the hands of Philosopher Stone. It should just park him behind them and Hopefully show a good turn of foot late. So hoping the leaders carve each other up and he's uh, he's right there just like last start and um, just hopefully gets there late. Stable flying. Cody Jordan's really hit some form as well. She's probably one of the most informed riders in Tasmania at the moment. And uh, yeah, the stable's absolutely airborne. So a lot of ticks here for four horses stone. Price expecting? Uh, probably around that $4 mark again. Um, maybe even a little shorter given he one last start. But I think the market, you know, with Fear the Sting here who... Um, she was previously with Brunton. They brought her over to Victoria. 
um, for a midweek race and she ran second and she's won two trials leading to this. The market's got a big expectation of her. It runs in Tasmania. She started pretty much even money or shorter in all of them. Um, so I would expect her to maybe go up favorite. Redsview will be there and I think it'll be a pretty tight market. There only looks three winning chances and hopefully he's on that third line and betting and uh, probably a bet. Yeah, it's any stuff. So uh, two runners across the card at Launceston for Friday night. So it's uh, race four, number two, Imagine How, around the $4 quote and a similar price expected for Launceston race seven, number one, Philosopher's Stone. And it will just get the camp behind Red Sphere and Fear the Sting. And hopefully they uh, put the race on a plate for Cody Jordan there. Uh, Nico's horses in the last sort of 10 minutes of betting have been absolutely hemorrhaging uh, the ones that go off and win. So got to uh, pay attention to the market. If uh, there's money for Nico's horses uh, late from the uh, the very big, 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 big boys, um, you can bet with uh, plenty of confidence. But uh, seem like Beach Balls is our man, Nico. Taz Racing uh, Form Plus Pro is uh, a great tool. Free to join via the, uh, the Taz Racing website, tazracing.com.au. Access to additional race replays. The head-on stewards vision, we've seen it before. It's uh, clearer than the uh, the crystal blue water down in Tassie. Beautiful uh, water down there. And uh, make sure you build your own black book service. And uh, you can get the alerts via SMS or email, which is a nice little tool there so you uh, you don't miss a thing if you uh, head to Taz Racing Form Plus Pro on the Taz Racing website and the best thing is it's uh, it's free so great place to cut your teeth and start doing the replays and get a handle on a uh, small pool of horses, learn how the jockeys and trainers operate and then you can take that skill set and uh, bet wherever you like or just uh, keep fishing out the uh, the Tassie water so they got minimum bet laws so why not bet in Tasmania. Great stuff, Nico. And uh, Donnie's best is the next segment. As I said, he's uh, having a little uh, surf's up, I think, at the moment with all the uh, the cyclonic activity around. So he's probably at the beach today, Donnie. But uh, he's already betting all 11 races of the Gold Coast meeting, which is – I guess it's cheeky that they've gone to 11 meetings for Magic Mears Day. Like, everyone's – Gone from eight to ten, and they've just gone the old two fingers stuff. You, they've created a eleven the wave and day, and then put eleven up the back end. Eleven and AirPods, and they're away. I love that. Don's uh, best is Gold Coast race seven number three, King of Sparta, which I think he's got the cold crusher form. So I think he's been off the scene, maybe trialed since the. I think day they always set him for this meeting. Yeah, the last two or three years, they've always set him for this meeting. Just. Whether he liked the old track a bit better than the new one will be interesting. But you know, I had a quick look at that race. It's a, it's a tricky one, but I'll be cheering hard. He's yeah, you know, he's odds on, so he's well found here. But um, he was super last start, I can say, and uh, probably a bit unlucky not to beat the other horse. But it was just a T. Shiller Peach and Scooty Power with Cold Crusher last time, which got him over the line. But he looks absolutely prime. So don't worry about the uh, the break. He'll be uh, hard to beat there, and Donnie's going to multi that one into Gold Coast race number eight, horse four, Highness the place. So um, can sort of see his ankle there. So 342 is the double at Top Sport, and then he's, uh, his each way play here, which we haven't spoke about and we can talk about a little bit more, is Gold Coast race 11, number 10, Willinga Beast. So... I thought this was a, uh, a super run last start, and I actually thought it was a really good run at uh, Flemington back in the carnival. So they've kept uh, pretty fresh, uh, but uh, this is no pushover this race. It just race. doesn't win. It's yeah. one of my favourite horses. I, I fell into it so many times, but I just want to see it win. Yeah, it's got gate 18. It gets Blake Shin, which are two. Well, Blake Shin's a big positive. Gate 18 is very sticky because you've got a horse like Royal Merchant drawn three, and... 
There's just a lot of solid horses She'll there. Miss Hellfire's flying. Jinquira's got that same draw again. If it gets the same run, it'll be dangerous. Lady Laguna's flying. Very short, but very got yeah, the magic solid. time form. Yeah, Lady Laguna. Yeah, Annabelle. Yeah, I, geez, it's going to need a Blake spin, spin, Blake spin, Blake Shin masterclass. Hmm. Good luck, Donny. Good to see Jamie Carr back, Jamie Spar back into action. It's a shame as as is on the Gold Coast, but he couldn't make it to the show. So between us, we've got DK's four minutes away and Az's five minutes away and we couldn't get either of them here. So that shows what the nightlife at the Gold Coast must be offering. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to see that because I get locked up at 6 o'clock at night, but that's all right. So I should be. I agree completely. Mm. Top sports team this week, it's uh, Rose Hill Race 2, number 11. I'm a steal, 1100 at $4.80. That's a good bet. So, it, yeah, it, I think it won at like Maruya or somewhere at first start. I watched it. Pretty closely, though. So it, did, it went from, I think, it went up the wrong part of the track and uh, pretty slowly run race and put six on them. So, um, Nara. Yeah. yeah, Nara. It, uh, yeah, well back that day, like heavily, heavily backed. Well, it's 480 into $4 a year now. Yeah. And, and obviously a, a much deeper race here. But I thought in the thing we backed last start, Life of the Party's in the same race. I mm. thought they were both the, the two horses that stood out to me in this race, one with obviously unlimited upside and, and Life of the Party just got a, a really solid setup. So, yeah, I think that's a fair enough price, to be fair. I thought I saw a really good acceleration and, and ears pricked through the line. Uh, no knock on it. Considering it's coming out of a maiden to a highway, you wouldn't want to see much more. Uh, race nine, number 11 here at Rose Hill. It's uh, Union Army. I feel that we backed this last start. Well, you sent us a bit last start. start before. Was it? it? Was, I think it was first start when that was that day. It was really hard to make ground and it was yeah. probably the run of the day, but it, it's that sort of horse. It's... Um, and I think it's going Ramwick, Ramwick back to Rose Hill, which is probably not ideal for his race shape. He's he's a hard horse to catch, but he's going well. If things unfold, he can certainly get over the top of them, but it's he's in one of those races where he's probably the best horse but not going to be in the right spot. And, yeah, it's it's a pretty tricky race. Mm. And all that – because it has to come up against that uh, Boston Rocks, the Nathan Doyle bloody – Who's going to be in front of it in the run? Parale's going to be in the right spot. So, you know, Crips, they're going to go pretty quick. Uh, Richon's there. They, they could actually fly. So, Ravenelli. So, you know, Eaton's so good, so cool. They're probably going to be the two horses that are going to be strong late, Union Army. And, uh, yeah, like, again, McAvoy riding well, fit fourth, like third up. He might just be able to use him up a bit more and – and get him into the race a bit earlier, and and certainly, you know, definitely, the price wise, six bucks is fair enough. I, like two dollars twenty, Boston Rocks looks very short, and I do remember him saying after at one first up that he would be running in the Gosford Guineas and thought it would be very hard to beat there, and it didn't take its place. So I don't know whether it had a, a little setback mm. or something, but. Um, yeah, two twenty Boston Rocks looks very tight. And then the last one is uh, Gold Coast Race Nine, number two, Chrysler or two thousand at six dollars. Uh, is that the? Um, that's not my bet. Is that the Chrysler? Is that the spelling from the Chinese? Uh, what's a yum cha spelling? Mm, Chrysler. Sounds Chrysler-O. like it's a dumpling. Yeah, it could Sounds be a like dumpling. I tell you what, you'd be buying lots of dumplings if you've had two thousand at six dollars and the Maca Jamez show um, salutes on it. Interesting. He's he's probably not had the best suite of jockeys and this is the first time j-mac goes on so any other jockey i reckon you get better price probably not with j-mac tax yeah yeah bit of tax yeah it's still there still there map well good good map horse he's probably maybe the map horse sits behind boom could go bang he's Tell hard to um he's hard to knock but he's never really he won that race at like 30s he just sort of pops up doesn't he? he's sort of a pop-up 20 to 1 horse for yeah. mine i'm not he's not one that i really want to chime into he's at short price, but he does look very well play set up everything here j-mac everything sort of Lines up for him to run well here. 
We might have to go back with that horse. We might have to go back into the uh, the JJ Atkins where the, the King Colorado race because he was dragged right back out of that race or Nash was on him that day and I just need to f- need to go back through and figure out why he was beaten five that day before I can have a bet on him. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait for your response. <laughs> I'll send awesome. it to you. Awesome. Yeah. King Colorado. Mate, I had the weirdest thing. A fella messaged me on Telegram the other day out of the blue who – Sort of hung around. He's like, "Oh, I had such a great result on that. I, I just want to send you some money in appreciation." Oh, here it, we go. Like literally, like two, three days. He sent it. I'm like, "No, you don't. I don't, 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 don't feel that you oh, need to do you that." Oh, but handed over the but details. But it was like how long ago? It was like eight months ago, right? June. Yeah. So obviously, maybe he's been on a bender since then and just Christ. come out of it. Yeah, beautiful, happy days. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's a good story. Hopefully, we've got. Another couple of good stories out of uh, a couple of those value selections that we sent today. There's plenty of meat on the bone there. We only need one or two of those to lob throughout the show today and uh, everyone's going to have a, uh, a fat day. So hopefully come back with a bang and uh, we can kick off 2024 with lots of cash because we need it because Christmas is bloody expensive. Exactly. And then yeah. well, the great man will be back next week, I'm assuming, DK, if he's still yeah. alive. Yeah. As it probably won't be still alive, so we'll probably have to wait a couple of weeks for him to revive himself. Tried to get bloody Tom Henjack. And now he's just like, oh, he's no. bigger than Ben It's Hong Kong. He's it's not that. You, you know coast. that old mate Steve Hewlett's got the shock collar on him, so that's fair enough. He's just not allowed to talk to anyone, but uh, whatever they are, RSN or whatever. They, it's okay. I John, like it. John John McLeod, he he did say, he said if um, Rothfire wins with the 61 kilos and the wide gate, he said that he'd give up. So that I'd assume that then... Soy, Tom Henjack would then take the wheel and he would be the main man, if not already at um I was interested that Macbeth. the old son of Ivan said that he um <laughs> he had to chime into Hong Kong last night. That's why he would struggle to keep up. Like now he's a Hong Kong man as well. He's, he's a multilingual. I like it. Too good. Who found him? Who did you find him, Nico? Where where did Tommy come from? Yeah, he was he was on our show for a while. Yeah. Uh, the racing show Queensland, the uh, him and Ollie and Jacob, they did a good job there, but I think it was probably the Ramp Boys. I think that was where I first saw him on a few of their shows. So I think they probably should 14. take the credit. What do you mean found him? You found him <laughs> in a playground somewhere. Oh, probably only 30, I reckon. Stop it, is he? Yeah. The Colgate kid. I guess Ivan Enjack was playing in the bloody 90s, wasn't he? So, yeah, fair enough. He probably is. If you think you're the next Tom Enjack, drop us a line and we'll get you on the show. If uh, if there's a Tommy Enjack, we don't want we the want next Tommy Enjack. Oh man, that's just that's. But we have something kink. We do want the next Tommy Enjack. He's a champion. Good luck at the Gold Coast Eleven races. Pick the eyes out. Jump on board the uh, Syndicate uh, Walt stuff and uh, make sure you have fun. Gold Coast Magic Means Day. And not sure if we're going to do a show the next week, but we'll be back for the Blue Diamond previews, preludes, punting. It's on the next week. I don't know. I think it's like a flat week and then we might come back the week after. I've got no idea. Oh, I haven't thought sorry, that far ahead. Mud crap Just that baby week, steps. Oh my God, you guys and your breaks. It's a joke. Just keep <laughs> going. We might see you next week. Good luck.